Welcome family, friends, fans, and foes. It's time once again for Talking Wrestling, Toronto's newest and bestest wrestling podcast on Never Sleeps Network, produced by the Big Ross Man. Thank you for joining in and listening to this this week. I am your host, Casey Corbin, the only authentic Corbin in the wrestling game, and I am excited to be here today. Thanks for tuning in. Uh, you can find us on Twitter, TNW Pod. Well, at TNW Pod. I say this every week. Why can't I ever get it right? Uh, you can also find us on Talking Wrestling Podcast at Instagram or at Talking Wrestling. On Instagram, you can find us at, at Talking Wrestling Podcast, and it's Talk N Wrestling, not in, not and. Talk N Wrestling. Letters are expensive. Also, you can also email us or Gmail us at uh, talkingwrestling at gmail.com. If you're listening to us on iTunes or any format, please uh, rate, review, and subscribe. Uh, like I say, two out of three ain't bad. Uh, one is good. All three are fantastic. Everything helps the show. And uh, this, is, uh, this isn't just my show. It's our show. So uh, I appreciate all the help and all the nice uh, feedback I've been getting on the show as well we're going to get to it today i got a special guest again i am on the road i am in kingston still and uh when i came to kingston i had two people in mind uh jan murphy uh was one guy who you heard a couple weeks back and uh, i would have never met jan murphy if not for this guy he is kingston's top comic i would say undisputedly um you can hear him on k-rock in kingston where he does his pr- hilarious prank calls and uh, not only is he an independent comic in Canada, a headliner in his own right. He is also a promoter and promotes many shows and has brought in uh, many uh, wrestlers who now do speaking engagements. Uh, amongst those, he's responsible for bringing Mick Foley to Canada, uh, Jake the Snake, uh, Ted DiBiase, the Million Dollar Man, uh, uh, Ricky Steamboat is coming, and, uh, and 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 Hacksaw Jim Duggan. And he's got hilarious stories. And I'm excited to have him here right now. So Ryan Denis, welcome to Talking Wrestling. Thank you very much. I really appreciate you having me, Casey. This is great. Yeah, very it, excited. I'm, I know. I'm very excited because you have like uh like i said i I would not have met jan if uh if i did not open for ted dibiase last december in ottawa in ottawa and i remember uh, as i told jan uh i called howard and i was like with the million dollar man like a hundred dollar opener and you know and of course howard was like no and uh yeah but then when you called in sick he called i was the first guy on the phone nice and uh i was so happy to is it's a treat to perform for a wrestling audience especially if you have wrestling bits oh for sure or material for sure and which i have since starting the show i've started to develop wrestling material yeah. more in my act um i have some stories and 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 a couple jokes now which are pretty good and uh yeah it's moving forward so but um but yeah i absolutely love it and i love that wrestlers will come on these stand-up tours because you know they need to do something they need to adjust to life after wrestling that's right and they have you know some of them might not want to write books for sure but for these sure. stories like i will go i would go to any 
wrestling one that's reasonably priced sorry (laughs) shane douglas too fucking much come on i could talk to you at walmart if i could find out where it is in the states how much was shane douglas oh it was like 45 dollars. is that right for to go to go a night with shane douglas and i was like that's too much man like i i think that that, i bought a ticket to smackdown for 45 (laughs) dollars and i got the whole roster (laughs) yeah you know not just you know that's shane douglas yeah it's ridiculous then your prices are always fair. First of all, where did the idea come from going just from stand-up to booking wrestlers and bringing them into Canada? Uh, It started with Jake the Snake. Um, I knew uh, Rob Mayhew was working with Mick Foley and a number of uh, comedians that I knew worked with Mick. Um, So I reached out to Mick and uh, he was booked up. He said that, uh, you know, in about five or six months, I had to go through uh, Joe Eichenbaugh, which is his um, agent in L.A., and he was booked up. He was over in Europe. Um, so I started looking around, and I just stumbled on uh, Twitter and yeah. Facebook and saw Cody Smith, which is Jake's daughter and tour manager, and uh, and they were just getting started with it. He had just done, like, maybe a few shows, three to five shows maybe in the United States. Uh, so I reached out to her. And they didn't hit back. That's the thing. Just be persistent. Um, you, know, it, you don't have to be a genius. I mean, I'm not, uh, I'm not an English scholar, but I proofread what I send and make sure that, you know what I mean? Make yeah. sure, don't just write like off the top of your head and hit send and you sound like a maniac. Um, but I sent them probably four or five messages. She finally responded. Uh, I told them I pitched. I, it's, it's easier to pitch like a 10 show tour because then you can get the costs down. Yeah. Um, rather than just bringing them to the city for one show, you got to cover airfare, you've got to cover everything and then make it worth their while. Right. So tickets, that's how we keep ticket prices down. Yeah. I mean, Jake and I, I, I was always a huge Jake the Snake fan. Like, I would walk around with a rubber snake when I was a kid in a pillow sack, and I loved the DDT. Yeah. Um, well, I, that's what I, I, I'm, I'm so excited to get into it. I forgot to ask you the normal first question I asked you yeah. is, how did you get into wrestling as a child, and oh. who introduced you, and and uh, what was, like what was the first memory you have, and then the moment that you decided, yeah, wrestling's fucking awesome? Well, geez, like I, I started loving it when I was really young. My grandfather and my dad would watch it. Um, I watched a lot of it with my grandfather. Um, I've got the those, same with me. Grandparents, those, oh for sure. Grandparents those rubber wrestlers. I've got like sixty of those. I've got a picture of myself with Ted Arcidi when I was like seven years old. Fuck. He's holding me up. I've got it at the house. He's, He's got it jacked. on my shoulder. <laughs> yeah. How many? Like, what was that like sitting on a mountain of acne? Well, to be <laughs> to be honest, you know how that happened. We were. My dad knew the uh, the manager of the Memorial Center. That's okay. where all the wrestling used to be in Kingston, and uh, he got us in early. So let's say the card started at 7.30. Well, yeah. my dad got us in at like 4 o'clock or 4.30 oh, For like, a, like a, an unscheduled meet and greet. Kind of. We just sat in the in the, in the stands. Mm-hmm. and then But the wrestlers were walking in. They were still setting some stuff up, and the wrestlers were walking in. I was saying to my dad, that's Ted Arcidi. That's Ted Arcidi. And uh, my dad's like, well, go ask him for his autograph. And I still remember it. He, was, he had a leather coat on, and he had just come from his car. Yeah. And he was walking towards like the little aisleway where they go back to the dressing room. And I was nervous. I was like seven years yeah. old. And I walk up to the railing and I said, uh, excuse me, sir, could I have your autograph, please? And he looked at me and he goes, why Why should I give you my autograph? You don't even know who I am. And he just kept walking down the the uh, like aisle. little aisle way going towards. He wasn't even like a heel a at the time. What no, an I, asshole. Oh, I know. He was actually like ornery <laughs> about it. And then so right before he, he went through the door and disappeared, I said, you're a strong man, Ted Arcidi. I yelled that to him and he kind of just looked back at me and out he went. 
and my dad was livid my dad's like what a jerk you know yeah. what an ass so we're sitting in this in the stands and it was like the first match maybe the second match had happened i was actually sitting beside um brooklyn brawler's wife steve lombardi wow yeah i was yeah. sitting beside her his wife um, my dad and i and then all of a sudden uh i hear because um, there's like there's like the laneway kind of thing where they walk out like the tunnel and then he like all of a sudden i just hear psst, psst, kid kid and then I look over and it's our CD. Yeah. Now he's all in his in his tights and everything. And he and he like waves me over to the railing part. And then he's like, come down here, come down here. And then he looks at my dad and my dad shakes his head. Yeah. So he lifts me over. They take me in the back, take me to the tunnel. He autographs a bunch of stuff. He puts me up on his shoulder. There's a photographer back there. They take a bunch of pictures. And he's like, sorry. He's like, I had a real shitty ride down there. Sorry, I acted that way. And I was like, wow, I didn't know what oh, to say. I, now I feel bad, Ted, our CD. I'm <laughs> oh, so, I'm so a, sorry. Oh, he was a gem, right? He <laughs> yeah. was a gem. And uh, and then, for, but for him to do that, because it was, it obviously played on his mind for about fifteen or twenty yeah. minutes. And Kingston's a little shit town; he didn't have to do that. No, but, but he just weight lifted my heart right yeah, there. He just... Yeah, that's God's honest <laughs> truth. I still have the picture, and and he's a really good guy. Because some of them would probably just go back and say, "I don't give a shit," you know what I mean? But obviously, yeah, totally. He went into the dressing room and was thinking about it, like, "What am I doing?" You know. But he made the effort to come back out and not only give me a five second autograph. He spent about ten minutes with me. That's great. Yeah, man. Like I was. We were in. We backyard wrestled big time. Um, I went to wrestling school in Cambridge. The wait a brothers. minute. Well, wait to the wait. Let's go to the backyard wrestling. Okay. Um, what? How old were you when you were backyard wrestling? Teenager. Te- oh, full on teenager. Yeah. Oh, so you have some really oh. good matches. Oh yeah. What was your, what was your character's name? Trailer Parks. Trailer Parks. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. We had a whole roster. You man. fight the big green bastard. <laughs> yeah. No, we had a full roster. We had uh, we had this this Mohawk Indian guy that we lived with, and he was four hundred seventy five pounds. Oh Jesus! And so it was awesome, right? <laughs> he fight him. He's just huge. Like so six, you, four, did you, four, what was he called? Uh, you, you, please tell me you gave him an FBI jacket. Oh, he was firewater oh my god that's what he called himself <laughs> sheldon had if sheldon never listens to this sheldon had a love for fire yeah um, he would he would set fires periodically <laughs> <laughs> very smart man uh, that's a but, good gimmick just set a fire and look at grass fire before you come in yeah, yeah. how else am i gonna get Fighting my smoke <laughs> yeah how about a dry ice machine <laughs> yeah. we had the bachelor um Trailer parks, firewater, mental Lee Hill. Um, <laughs> we had a bunch of people. This is great. How many, how many people did you draw? Like, did you get people watching? Or? Yeah, sometimes. See, we were fucked because we were all drug addicts too as kids, right? <laughs> yeah. So like, and like we do mushrooms and, like, and um, alcoholic was one guy too, Steve Coffee, and like he literally took six weeks off work, like fractured his tibia or oh. something like that. And we were having a trailer match for trailer parks <laughs> so i took i was working at for a landscaping company they let me take the trailer home yeah um for the weekend so it was like this big landscaping trailer where the, the big steel cage part would come down so we were fighting in the trailer and uh i threw coffee into it and he just hammered the bottom of his leg part off the wheel well oh like just when we were fucked on mushrooms <laughs> am i allowed to swear on this yeah yeah, yeah. okay or yeah. not too much the way you can do whatever you want there's an e on it 
All right, it's we, explicit. <laughs> okay, we were uh, yeah, we were messed up on mushrooms and drunk, and so we would actually like we'd open each other up and stuff. It was good. Yeah, yeah, it was fun. Well, once you put the acid in there with the fucking headband <laughs> and you open up, it's really really good, right? <laughs> yeah. That's what Hendrix used to do. Is that right? Yeah, he used to. Yeah, apparently he that. His headband. He wore those acid? headbands. He put acid in his headbands. Wow. Yeah, I haven't done so. acid since I was eighteen. <laughs> I don't even know if it's still around. Like acid. <laughs> oh, it is. Oh, that's so sad. It's like, <laughs> it's, it's back to, yeah, original acid and new acid. Um, <laughs> so then you went to uh, Hart Brothers in, yep. in Cambridge. Where was it? Cambridge. Yeah, Smith Hart. Yeah. Smith, bless. God bless him. He passed recently. Absolutely. Yeah, God bless Smith. I went to um, Hart Brothers, but it kind of got really weird. Yeah, I mean, I don't want to knock anything, but it got, uh, got there was like our, you know, Rory and uh, like Derek Couch, like the Highlanders and stuff. Okay, yeah. Yeah, really good guys. Those are the, the top guys that came out of there. But um, there was like uh, this one guy that was kind of like running the school, uh, Joe Frockledge. Yeah. Um, and he, what did he used to go by? Ike, Ike the Crippler Shaw back okay. in uh, Stampede days. And he was like overseeing it, running it. Him and this other guy, Big Sal, this big Italian guy. But something like things went kind of weird because they were it was the only wrestling school that would board uh, wrestlers from overseas. Like you could actually stay at the wrestling school. He had bunks and stuff. Yeah. So they'd have like six or eight wrestlers staying at any given time. So there was a couple, there's like these twins from England. There's this guy, Matt from Colorado. Um, there's another guy too, uh, Coyote. I, I think his name is a Coyote or something. And he was down from the States to Iowa or something like that. Yeah. But supposedly something went, something happened where Joe was charging the international students um, like a very high rate okay. as opposed to the Canadian students. And I'm not sure exactly what started going on, but Sal uh, came to us the one time and said, like, oh, the police are looking into uh, the school and all this stuff. And um, like, would you be willing to give a statement? And the police actually called us. Uh, yeah. we, we lived in Kitchener at the time and we would come down to Cambridge and the police actually called us and wanted to speak to us about Joe. And we're from Kingston. We don't rat. Right. So we just fucked off. Yeah. <laughs> we literally we had an Oldsmobile car that Sal gave to us in the driveway and we left it and uh, like left it at a place we were living on sand. Samuel Street in Kitchener and left and we just fucking out we went <laughs> we were gone and uh, that's how I left the school so I only really trained there for like six months but it started getting really weird and I didn't want to get in there's like RCMP were, like wanted to ask questions about steroids and oxycontin yeah. use and um just the overall um like because he was charging people multiple things so i think parents were starting to uh, it's, ask questions as well like yeah, yeah where all the where's all this money going for sure but then i think um once uh rory um took it over uh things got a lot better like yeah. was, uh, rory and derek are great guys and and great athletes really knew what they were doing and when rory would teach the class it was awesome yeah um but he had a he had a young kid at the time so like when sal would and joe would teach the like joe was like you know he's He's a, he's a little bit out there, and he'd have there's like a speaker in the in, from his office into the wrestling room. So we'd be in the ring with Sal, and then he'd be like press the speaker, and be like Sal, Sal, can you come in here for a minute? And he's like, I'm in the I'm in the ring with the boys, uh, Joe. It's like give me a few minutes. All right, okay, literally forty seconds. Sal, can you come in here for a minute, bro? Like it just wouldn't <laughs> stop, so we'd keep interrupting the class. And I don't think Joe was was very well. Yeah, um, like he'd have a meeting, we'd be in his uh, in his office talking, and he would literally 
literally fall asleep in front of 15 students like in the, in the chair, <laughs> right? And like, and who slapped the sleeper on him? <laughs> Somebody <laughs> go wake him up Brutus Beefcake style. Yeah. So I didn't really know what was going on there for a while. And Joe's dad was there, the grampy. And then sometimes you'd go into the washroom. There'd be shit all over the wall. And yeah. Um, so Jesus. <laughs> yeah. Jesus. It started, so I guess after we left, it started getting a lot better once, um, yeah. once Derek and Rory kind of... So now, rains. now we're sort of caught back up. So we're back to the Jake story. <laughs> yeah. You're bringing yeah. in Jake. Yeah, yeah, because we had to get that back history. That's okay. true, yeah. Yeah, so um, I kind of stopped watching wrestling, like, after Foley and then left. I, like, I read Foley's book. Um, as soon as it came out, I bought it and read a couple yeah. of cover. Yeah, have a nice day. It's Absolutely. great. Absolutely. Yeah. Wonderful book. And it's good to see stories, like, as comics, you know, we, you know, just becoming comics and doing gigs and stuff like that can be a pretty hard life. Yeah. And and, uh, you know, I'm going to be honest, I have slept in my car at oh, me too. for gigs and stuff like that. Yeah. And when you hear Mick Foley is sleeping in his car before going to train with, uh, you know, in, in Pittsburgh or wherever he was training, sure. I think comedy and wrestling are both subjective art forms. They're both, oh. they're both very similar. So many parallels. And, there, uh, it's crazy. And, you know, and it's just, it, it's good to hear that, like, when, when somebody that you look up to had to go through the hard times to get to the good times. For sure. You know, it, it, it inspires inspires you as Lee at least as me as an artist so Absolutely. yeah so you were saying Mick Foley the book yeah that's great and yeah yeah just um but yeah I kind of strayed away from wrestling uh the newer type stuff yeah I mean I still really love it I still enjoy it um but like I was diehard you know like yeah every pay-per-view everything we were like we'd make a big deal of it have people over and stuff like that and um so with Jake when I saw that I couldn't get Foley for until the following year right yeah. Yeah. Like, because they said about five months, six months. And I think we were in um, July or summer. No, maybe June. So I was thinking, you know, it's going to be after Christmas sometime in 2016, um, uh, I guess it would have been. So it was summer 2015. And then Cody finally uh, reached back to me. And then uh, I pitched it. I just had a little business plan and then pitched where I would want to take him. Yeah. And uh, and she said, yeah. She's like, uh, we worked it out. First, they wanted U.S. money. And I said, that they can't. Yeah. It can't happen. Even Jake's first tour, the tickets were a little more expensive mm-hmm. because he didn't really know what to expect to from merch. Um, and they were pretty adamant at first that they wanted U.S. dollars. But with the exchange, like, because they're like, oh, well, we sell tickets. So we want the tickets to be 30 or $35 U.S. And I said, I'm like, that's $55. Yeah, that's me. not going to fly. You can't do it. Yeah. Who do you um, think you are, Shane? Douglas. <laughs> yeah, they didn't know, right? So then I think no. 25 and 40, 40 for the VIPs. But then when he saw how much merch, like merch, they kill on the merch table. Of course. They absolutely murder. And then, If you're a celebrity and you have merch, you're going to kill at it. I watched Tom Arnold go through 500 t-shirts in a weekend. Is that right? And uh, like at like 60 bucks, 40, 50, 60 bucks a pop or something like that. Wow. That's, yeah. Like that's hoodies. Insane. Or t-shirts or I don't know I can't remember but he cleaned up you yeah, know oh for but sure people you know some people buy it just to get the chance to meet him up close and get the picture with him too because sure. you know when I saw Ted he had his merch table and I brought my own picture that I wanted autographed right and uh, so I didn't take one of his 8 by 10s but I still I still put like $20 in the pile and then waited for my picture to get afterwards which right. I could have as being on the show, I could have got it for free. Absolutely. But fuck that. Like, 
these people, I really respect what they're doing and I want to, and you know what? They're on tour because they need money. For sure. You know, whether it be for a second house or whatever it may be. <laughs> or a first they, house. Or first house. <laughs> In Jake's case. Or a trailer or for, you know, or, yeah. <laughs> you never know, but still they're out to make money. I want to sure. support them. So, you know, I threw that 20 down. I got my WWE magazine cover of Ted DiBiase's nice, first cover. <laughs> yeah. And uh, and then I got the picture with him. And you could, like, anybody who knows me is like, look at how happy I, I am. Like, I'm shit-eating just grin. Like, just, <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. I fucking, you, you like, it's not, it's not a joke. They put smiles on faces. Oh, for and, sure. And they do. Me. When I first picked Jake up, like the first tour I ever did with a wrestler, I pulled into the Buffalo airport. I drove up there myself. Actually, I had to, uh, the guy that was running the tour with me, he, he has a criminal record and couldn't cross the border, so I had to leave him in Niagara Falls and explain <laughs> that to Jake. And, and, but honestly, when they first came out, I'm like, holy shit, there he is. You know, I jumped out to put his bag in the trunk, and he was super nice right away. And then just like, he was just a gem. Like right yeah. away, we were laughing, and I'm like, oh, this is gonna be wild you know <laughs> yeah he's uh we got to know each other really really well we did 26 shows together and we put on a lot of kilometers i don't know how many kilometers together over the how yeah. many tours we did four tours or whatever and uh yeah he's um he's a gem yeah <laughs> he's uh, he's like a big kid uh jake is yeah. Um, <laughs> he, he's uh he's exhausting i'm not gonna lie because <laughs> like yeah because you're not only are you working on the shows with the pro you're handling them the whole time oh, absolutely there. like when cody can't come up like because jake does not like to be alone yeah and that's a lot of uh to do with addiction and stuff like that i mean that's the thing too like because i'm i've been clean off cocaine 13 years march 6th was 13 years Jake uh, kicked the cocaine habit, right? So we had, uh, when Cody and I were talking before he, he came up, I said, I'll be honest with you, like, yeah. you know, this um, with this documentary and coming out, I said, this is kind of a, a good issue for me too, because like we can talk about that stuff. Um, so that's one thing with addiction is a lot of people who are addicts don't like to be alone because then they're yeah. alone with Tempted. their own. Yeah. And their own demons and their own, their own voices. Demons. That's right. You're yeah. just thinking, thinking, thinking. Um, so, so yeah, and as much as like, as I had Mike Dambra stay right here with Jake for like a week and as much as you think like, oh, that'd be amazing. You stay with Jake for, for yeah. three or four days. Like you're drained by the end. It's <laughs> like Jake is the, uh, like, you know, he's straight up one of those rest prankster style wrestlers where he's constantly busting your balls. Oh yeah. Constantly like in a fun way. Right. But yeah. it's just like, it's just so tiring. But he and I like after, um you know 12 or 15 shows together and and they're very the, the, the same with dibiase like they're very and and foley too they're very serious about the comedy and like so jake and i because we're always in the car after the first few shows i started opening up a little bit about comedy right about structuring a set yeah um and i'd be like you know that bit like i'm not saying throw it away but the bit where you uh shit in sonny's past and stuff like sometimes people people kind of uh, snarl their mouth and <laughs> and you know things with like animal abuse like i mean because one time one of the snakes died and it yeah. like wasn't really his fault but still i'm like earthquake you know, sat on it yeah but like I, you know i'm just like maybe leave that stuff out and then for structure and then when you give like i give jake jake a tag i've given him several tags actually and then it's so cool because then when he'd come off stage he'd walk right over to me when he's like people are like applauding he's like do you hear me i used that tag brother i used it and i said i heard you 
shit. And I got, it got, got a good pop. He's like, yeah, it did, it did. So then you know they're like, fuck, he's listening. Yeah. Um, and same with DiBiase. Like DiBiase. So now I will, I'll watch their sets and then I'll write down just like, uh, you know how we just do bullets basically? Yeah, or like, punch them up. Yeah. But so I'll just write down first, the first time when I'm touring with them, like with DiBiase, I wrote down all of his bullets, um, all of his stories, and then just trying to teach him, you know, trim the fat, get to the funny, and then sometimes just strict uh, structure it, help him kind of restructure it. Maybe lead with this one. Yeah. Um, end with this one. Like his Magic Johnson story is crazy funny. Well, it's, it's, it's like, it's so true. Like, and you can even explain, I've always said to comedians when they ask me about comedy, I was like, do you watch wrestling? Yeah, and if they do, I was like, good, because I explain it a lot easier if I can just make wrestling an <laughs> And structuring yeah. a set is exactly like structuring a match. You Absolutely. know, like you you have to have your big start yep. where you capture the audience. Right. You have to have uh, moments that are going to be like really big moments that the audience are going to specifically remember. Yeah, and then you got to take it down with a hold or two and some filler. Yep. And then of course at the end you bring out your big finish, your finishing maneuver. Boom, you get your applause and you and, and you go home. Very true. You know, and it's, it's that now, was I just talking about a match or was I just talking about a set? <laughs> That's right. It's the exact That's same right. thing. Like, yeah, I honestly man. feel that way. There are so many parallels too, just between those two businesses, like just being on the road, constantly staying in shitty hotels, not being paid probably what we should be paid. Yeah. Um, you know, drugs, uh, depression, alcoholism, roadies. Um, you know, it's, it's very, very similar. I, I've told Jake and Ted that, and I'm like, it's, we're basically the same people. Yeah. I always thought the parallels were, uh, it's like, why do comics get like comics, wrestlers, strippers? Absolutely. They, they, the strippers of, uh, yeah. you know, their titles, those aren't earned. They just buy their titles. <laughs> yeah. You know, somebody sells them at stripper.ca and like, oh, is uh, Miss Miss Cantonese Dream? Yeah. Or I don't know. Like, Cantonese I, I, I don't even know why. I went a with shot that. at my wife, Gordon. No, that is not a shot in your life. <laughs> your wife or your life. <laughs> Pretty much the same thing. <laughs> but uh, yeah, yeah. Well, happy wife, happy life. Uh, okay. So, yeah. So we got about Jake and you working with ted and uh and that's fantastic um ted's a gem like ted's totally uh very very self-sustained like like i said jake is of so much fun he really really is fun to be around but we were together for like five weeks yeah that was like you know i i, I needed like a, a week to to just decompress after that right because you're you're squirrely yeah <laughs> after being with the snake for five weeks um ted uh, kind of polar opposite very funny fun loving guy they're all sitting on mountains of gold and ted is a terrific speaker as you saw yeah yeah he's very comfortable well he's also a minister right? right so he speaks on sundays absolutely he's got a gig every yep. sunday for sure for sure but ted yeah like ted would be like he's very easy going he's like right on like the only thing he doesn't want is a bunch of cursing before he goes up because he doesn't curse yeah um but then yeah we get back on the rv and we had a driver and stuff so you know we'd have a tequila and we you know pour a patron and we'd sit there and talk and talk about the set and chill out and and share stories i mean to ted like yeah he's uh he's a minister and people are like oh he's going to talk about god a lot and like no ted talks about strippers and talks about the old days and i will tell you the million dollar man put on the best ted talk i've ever seen is that <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah, sure. yeah i love it he's like he's like oh, virgil uh, the ele that elevator doesn't go to the top yeah <laughs> for sure for sure yeah he's not a big virgil fan mainly just because virgil would advertise 
when he'd go to comic cons he'd, he'd be have, with ted right and he'd he have wasn't. a big banner and that would say virgil and the million dollar man ted dibiase and then people would line up and it's just virgil <laughs> i heard this story about ted dibiase and virgil were doing a autograph signing and they didn't have the million dollar belt at the time or something like that so virgil saw a fan with the million dollar belt he said can we use your belt for pictures yeah and the fan said sure and then the fan waited the entire thing to go last and get his belt back and he said hey virgil do i get my do i get the picture for free and virgil's like no you gotta pay like everybody else are you kidding me and he charged him oh that's dirty the kid told me that in the line while i was waiting outside for uh to meet uh natty neidhart and uh and jim the anvil i waited six hours outside in december are you serious yeah because i'm a loser <laughs> <laughs> no, you're not. i'm not i'm not a loser that I'm, big a, of a I'm a wrestling nerd <laughs> and uh and, and especially anything how they do with the heart foundation yeah so, i love the heart yeah. foundation too yeah ted just the difference of ted is he'd be like you know he he's just very self-sustained he's like well i'm gonna go to the hotel and skype my wife and i'll see you guys in the morning yeah you know that's it that's good <laughs> yeah no trouble he's like yeah same with mick foley's just like nope i'll drive myself like foley will drive himself all over the place i mean um ted dibiase when so our first tour we were supposed to start um at mark sinadinos's uh showtime club. yeah showtime in st Catharines. that's yeah. where we were kicking off and ted oh god this sucks and he really wants to get bret hart i'll just say that right he was a mark if you're listening you I, we all know you have a boner for brett and uh you <laughs> want to get him i know and i was like yeah. i was like he's like if we'll you meet if you meet brett you get, get get the information i'm like i just think you just go to his website like yeah and jan told me the same thing with a lot of these guys you just go to their website and contact and we were actually in talks with brett and then smith um passing away right we're kind of giving him a little yeah. bit of space but we are see brett's very expensive so what we're going to try and do is do eight shows with him just in a week like basically he's home yeah. eight days yeah um and we do two shows in toronto i would think um but yeah we are we are actively pursuing brett as well um just putting it out there too i'm actively pursuing king kong bundy uh, would you come and see king kong bundy if i would i would i would go see king kong bundy because number one i know he does comedy he does yeah yeah so i i think he'd be very entertaining okay cool because jan and i were back and forth jan's like oh, i just don't know if he'd draw i'm like i think bundy would draw like i mean everybody knows bundy he yeah. my sister knew like but bundy fought hogan for a calendar year well, not only that he had a decent movie career he was in richard pryor's moving true he enough. was in uh married with children true um, that's right you know like yeah, yeah, you know was. and there's this incredible story <laughs> there's a story somewhere about a guy heckling a comic and bundy was in the audience and bundy just had enough and removed the heckler physically Did and it's like and it's like can you imagine me a comic how's the show oh fuck i had a heckler oh how'd you deal with him i didn't fucking king, king kong bundy, bundy came out <laughs> fucking avalanched him and gave him a five count yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah everybody, ta- everybody a, he yeah. was a huge man right oh yeah yeah he huge man he was 460 pounds was he eh? and then he would it would look like a wrecking ball yeah yeah, yeah like literally yeah and i uh, bring him up to yeah i would love to 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 see king kong bundy like you know it's uh yeah it's great because i just they have great stories and i i can't get enough of you know it's like when you go on the tour with comics and you let and they start telling road stories and the good comics that have the great road stories yeah like my god these are great stories <laughs> yeah, you know that's right yeah it's like, <laughs> they're sitting on like jake the snake sits on a mountain of gold because that's the whole thing i mean you you know i've fucked up 
a lot in my life too right and yeah. cocaine takes you down some very strange roads especially when you're addicted to it and you're up for two three days at a time you're around some very strange people you get yourself into some crazy situations oh i can only imagine yeah so like jake, <laughs> jake has just asked countless countless stories like he was seeing leprechauns he was up for like <laughs> three and a half days and he was seeing like these leprechauns were like jumping in front of the car and stuff and, and like it's it's a crazy story and he, he's dead serious too yeah. he's like in the, like the one and he's like swerving to try and get away from the leprechauns and because he hadn't slept in almost a hundred hours yeah that is insane <laughs> yeah. and then he's thinking that he's hallucinating and then he finds out vince hires hornswoggle <laughs> yeah <laughs> and he doesn't know what the fuck's going on no i can only imagine like yeah yeah i wow well, yeah because i've never taken anything that makes you hallucinate or i've never been up like for days either so yeah but uh that is quite insane and i've never got to see jake yet i haven't seen his uh his tour well, uh, he'll be back I watched the resurrection summer. which is fantastic oh, absolutely you know which is really nice because beyond the mat you know they really used him as a you know like this is what could the worst of wrestling this is look at yeah. what happened look at that you know the fall and absolutely. it's like it's like but when you when you when they start telling the story about his father who's his grandfather technically yeah you know you're like well this how much of a chance did this guy have to reach those heights oh, absolutely like he, he came from a fucked up situation to begin with and the fact that he reached those heights it's like you didn't spend much time celebrating them you just went right to the ship you oh, know for real yeah. and um you know that's that's why i always like wrestling with shadows way better than beyond the mat because yeah. wrestling with shadows is a way more uh positive uh documentary for so, sure yeah anyway. for sure beyond the mat was uh it was rough for jake and jake doesn't like to talk about it he won't talk about it in interviews no no i don't think so you know there's like it's like the last time i went to see bret hart uh in a speaking engagement they before the show started brendan mckeegan who was uh, hosting it he just flat out he came out and said look at there's one thing Brett will answer any question uh we're here for as long as it takes and he goes just one thing uh we've all you know i think we can all admit that we're all tired of the montreal screw job yeah there's been movies about it there's been documentaries about it you know they've him and sean have made up right. is like you know there's he's like it's it's been talked about enough and he goes you Absolutely. know and he goes and he's tired about he's tired about talking about it yeah no so doubt. he goes no so no questions on the screw job is that okay and everybody applauded but i was fucking pissed off first my, question my <laughs> question my guy went there to ask a specific question did you when the, my question is very simple and is and it's screw job related so i couldn't like the fact is what's here, the question well here we are 20 years later from the montreal screw job it was 20 years ago right uh we're upcoming in in october? next october november november okay. it'll be 20 years and uh 20 years in that 20 years i always thought of brett's uh brett's um assassination we'll call it from, from wwe that's good I, word. I, I always compared it to the jfk assassination and much like um the jfk assassination um 20 years later people are still talking about it absolutely and there are conspiracies there are conspiracies that That's are out there. That's a great parallel, man. And, and, <laughs> I never would have thought of And And a lot of wrestlers, including 
Nash and Hall, who were in the click, yeah. and it's the other half of the click that did the screwing. Yeah. You know, like, so they think it's a work. And so many wrestlers have come out and they said it thinks it's a work. And they think, like, they're like, it just doesn't all make sense. You know, like, why was the documentary crew there? You yeah. know, like, how convenient was that? And and the Brett showing WCW on WWF television or at the time it was like Vince would have never allowed that to happen. No, true. And and just all of this. Thing, so what all do you of, think it was? Well, I don't know, but I think these questions. I think you know when you have something that major, questions have to be asked. Yeah. But with most conspiracies, you just take a look at what happened and then you fill in the holes, and that's a conspiracy. Yeah. True. So I don't know what to believe. I know people that know Brett, and they said no, it's it's real like his he was devastated over this but you know like in my mind it's like well this the spirit the conspiracy would have been that only him and vincent had the initial meeting because and they let him go to wcw in three years he would come back but nobody expected what happened well, in those three years for sure yeah. you know like nobody sure. expected that brett would get kicked in the head by goldberg and nobody expected that Owen would pass and and Davy Boy would pass and yeah. you know like if he left in 97 with so much heat and then three years came back and all the heart foundation was still intact that 97 year oh, heart yeah, foundation yeah. it would have been the hottest feud like oh, before time. he left he put over Stone Cold right. and he put over Mr. McMahon right. and then he left but if anybody has a beef with Mr. McMahon it was Bret Hart three years later he comes back big because that's the thing is like when he did come back, they did have a match. Right. So I wonder, it's like, well, why was would they? That's what makes me ask. Was it? I don't know. But yeah. that's not the question I want to ask. I wanted to ask him how he feels about these conspiracies and that they're out there. That's my question. That's a good question. And I don't think it's necessarily about the screw job, but it is. It's related. It, yeah. Yeah. No, that's, so, that's a good question. Yeah, and I like you're uh, right with the documentary team too. That I've I always found that fishy. Well, it's like it's like you know it's like because Brett needs to save his face. He's like, how do they know that I'm being honest? How do I know that I like I can't come off as the heel in this? I have to be the good guy. I have yeah. you have to be the Vince has to be the heel for sure. Especially how do I? How do you know? And then and then Vince is, could just say, well, let's we film a documentary about you. You're on the cameras are on you twenty four seven. They'll get they'll get everything. You wear a wire when you when we speak. You can knock me out. You know, like who, like <coughs> who, like who knows if like that's the thing is yeah, like we'll, ne yeah, we'll never know if yeah. we're being truly worked. And the thing is, is I was going to ask him in a situation like that. I was going to ask him, but the fact is, I don't think I'd get the courage to ask him. Well, let's we'll get him up here. Honestly, Jan Murphy, I know he'll be listening to this. Like, we're going to work on this to get him up here. We were just talking. We just had a lunch, and we said, like, well, let's put some money into it. Um, you know what I mean? Like, that, that's the thing. When these guys want, like, $10,000 in appearance, um, but then if you offer them, say, like, look, you're home in eight days, we'll give you, like, forty grand in eight days, yeah. and then all of your merch... It's not, you know, sometimes they, they budge yeah. <laughs> a little bit more, but well, yeah, you know, it's like, okay, well that's, that's not bad. Like that's not bad. That's no, pretty good. good. Like, it, yeah. you know, we made Jake a ton of money. The first couple of tours were just crazy. Yeah. And you did something very nice for me as well, which I will say, um, I had a friend who had a child Oh yeah. and the child wears, has to wear a helmet on occasion cause yeah. he's got a, I don't know what the proper word is. A soft noggin, uh, no offense. <laughs> I'm not sure. You know, I don't think that is it. You know, 
term, you know, a so, soft noggin. But you know, <laughs> maybe in maybe, maybe an Elmer. Yeah. <laughs> What's wrong with Kate Whitley? He's got a soft noggin. But I'm not. I don't mean to poke fun. No, no, but, we're not but fun. you know, but I'm poking but, fun at you, not the kid. Yeah. I'm, yeah. But what's his problem? Well, that guy's retarded. That's yeah. me. You know. Yeah. No, uh, is definitely retarded. And I am retarded because I'm never on time. So <laughs> I'm mean, always you're... late or delayed, which is actually what the word means. Yep. Um, but here's the thing. Um, yeah, she. You know, he's a kid. He can't go to meet Jake the Snake. And with the network, kids know oh, stars. And I love time. Ted DiBiase said that he was in his act. or he said he was walking out of uh, a grocery store in London, and the kids like, "That's the Million Dollar Man, Mom." Yeah. And yeah. he's like, "How do you? How do you know?" And he's like, "Because the network." Yep. And that's that gives them all eternal life. Yeah. It you does, know, which man. is fantastic. So this kid knows Jake the Snake from, you know, and uh, the mother asked me if there's any way that I could, you know, get a meet and greet with him and because he couldn't go to the comedy club because the kid's like eight years old and right and you know I reached out to you and you were great you arranged it at the hotel yeah for and sure. I said you know and I saw the pictures and you know I could tell like the mom was equally as happy to meet Jake cool and uh, you know and it just yeah it's really nice that uh, you could arrange that for me so thank you oh no worries and uh, and, and and for Jake as well just oh, to take honestly, the time and, out and now like I remember that that was the first tour that was the summer I believe of 2015 or yeah. maybe the second one of 2060 we were in Ottawa I remember that it may have been the second time we did Ottawa but uh, when I know it was the first time because when you asked, I called Jake and then I said, um, I don't know how you feel about this, but I said, I have a, a very good friend. He's a headlining comedian and he has a friend whose uh, son cannot um, come into the comedy club and his son is a, uh, her son's a special needs child and stuff. And literally, I won't forget what uh, Jake said because all I can hear, they were driving and I can hear Cody saying, absolutely, you know, when you're, when you're on speaker yeah. and Cody saying, absolutely, absolutely. And Jake's like, uh, Jake, Jake kind of talks like, you know what yeah, he's like in future, brother. Like if if we're together, it's not going to interfere interfere with the show. He's like in future, I will always do something like this. He's like just set it up, brother. Just go. You don't have to okay with me. Just set yeah. it up. Literally. Um. So uh, right away, I was like, okay, this guy's this is cool, right? So and, yeah. And then he's done a bunch of stops like that. He's got a big heart for shit like that. Like that's great. No, you know, he really does. He's never ever turned anyone. If I say like Jake, there's a kid in this town. There's a kid in this town. We go. There's no questions asked. He's like go. Yeah. Let's, let's just get it done. So that's crazy. Yep. That's great. Um, now who, now who are you bringing in in the future? So you, we've, we've, uh, Ted and Mick and, uh, did you ever work with the iron Sheik? No, no, no. I met him. You uh, met him? Yeah. I met him in beefcake. <laughs> Where was that? Uh, in Toronto. In oh Toronto, yeah. At the roast of the iron Sheik. Okay. I met, I've actually met Sheik twice. Um, and then I met beefcake once in Toronto. We're going to, I want to bring in beefcake and Greg the hammer See, together. That would be fantastic. Yeah. That's that's money. I want I want to do that. And I know we can get uh, beefcake. Now the hammer is um I've been told he's a little testy about getting on the mic. Yeah. Doesn't want to he wouldn't even get, uh, do a plug um like for his website or anything. Uh, oh really? With a friend of mine that, that wanted him but <clears throat> but I don't know. I think like with the two of them uh, I think that would be a killer tour. Um, so yeah, yeah. Jan and I are, are going to talk about. We just don't know if we can get them together. I can bring Beefcake one hundred percent, 
uh, whether I can get Beefcake and Valentine together. I really hope I can. Well, who else could we match Beefcake up that would be good? Like besides Valentine, Beefcake and Valentine would just be so well. That's because awesome, it's the, the dream team. Yeah, it would you just know? be so great. But I'm trying to think of who. And uh, Valentine was one of the like if you YouTube Greg Valentine racist, like if you like on <laughs> on YouTube, it is just foul. Oh my like God. it's uh, the WWF was like in the in the 80s was an awful organization. <laughs> Have a great Valentine's Day and bomb. Like, <laughs> yeah, I can yeah. just imagine. Oh, no, no. Like, he's just awful, the stuff he's saying, right? It's just, but then... Was he in, was he in Charlotte this weekend? Was, <laughs> yeah. Did you see someone just plowed, a, a car just plowed into a white national march about three hours ago? It's insane. A bunch of people. Why are all white nationalists over 400 pounds? <laughs> There's not, I see CNN, all the people marching with torches. It's like they're marching to an Arby's. <laughs> not a white nationalist under 280. Oh, well, that's uh, pretty much goes for wrestling fans too. <laughs> yeah, so I don't want to say, you enough. know, and seeing that I'm a, I'm a portly fellow myself. Oh, me too. I'm 230 <laughs> pounds myself. I'm just saying. Yeah. But oh, a lot of racist people are fat. Yeah. I've noticed. I don't know what it is. I <laughs> just, maybe if they lost weight, they'd lose some hate. Maybe. Yeah. Lose some hate. <laughs> Be a new Jenny Craig ad campaign. Oh, lose yeah. your weight, lose, lose your hate. hate. That would be great. Be like, <laughs> now, why, be great. why the fuck would I want to lose my hate? <laughs> yeah. You dumb bitch. You know what I mean? Lose some weight, lose some hate. And then you just, said, just, and you just said, that would be great. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. There's the ad. <laughs> it would be, it would be fun. Funny if, if in wrestling that was the thing. Like if you're if you're a fat guy, you're usually a bad guy. Yeah. The minute you lose a bunch of weight, they're like, "Well, we've got to make him a face." Yeah, he's a face he's now. A, he's Women a want to guy. fuck him. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh boy. But this year, um, yeah. Besides Steamboat, um, Steamboat, I can't wait for that. Yeah, it's That's gonna be exciting. great. It's gonna be. Well, what about what about? I can I, he would probably be too expensive. Like, because I know people try to book, um, uh, you know, Nash Hall and 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 X Pac together. Yeah, um, that's one that they've done the, together. The click and but the thing is, like, I know somebody wanted to bring a comedy bar, but Kevin Nash needs high ceilings. Okay. Because sometimes he'll stand. He doesn't have to want to sit the whole time because he right. sneeze uh, or something like that. But um, uh, I know Brovo Danny uh, got a hold of Jim Cornette. Yeah. And Jim Cornette has no desire to come to Canada. No. <laughs> I don't want to cross borders. You know, it's just like yeah, that's some of them don't. And, uh, and it's uh, who else? Uh, but uh, I like how much like if brett is uh this much how much would like do you think rick flair would cost uh rick is ten thousand dollars us per well that's year. how much his belt cost god damn it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah that's at least um and then uh the thing with flair so i'm told um some people say he's really good with the fans other people say depending on his mood like uh some people have told me there's still a lineup of 140 people and if it's like if he's booked four to six and it's Two oh, to six. He's like, have a good day, everybody. He's out. So then there's 140 people. The paid that. Yeah, that's horrible. So he's very. Brett was in the fucking. I heard when I went to the Brett thing, I had to go get back to do this uh, host the Sunday night show. Right. It was at four o'clock. Um, I thought I'd be out of there in time. Yeah. I just made the show. Is that right? And McKeegan 
fast forwarded me through the line and uh, it was really nice because I got a more personal introduction to Brad. Brad, oh, this is sure. Casey Corbin. He's a headlining community. It was for really sure. nice to, to meet on that level and then get a great, and my brother get a great picture with Brad and everything. Nice. But um, I heard from McKeegan that it went till 9.30 at night. Oh, no doubt. Like he waited, he was on stage till every single person got their picture That's and amazing. their autograph. That's great. You know, and when and was that? That was, um, I want to say February, February of this year, February, really? f- maybe, f- yeah, February 15th or something like that of or around, it was around was Valentine's it? day. It was because I was doing my two weeks at absolute in yeah. Ottawa and, uh, they did it at Algonquin commons did they eh? at the theater who, who brought them in i have no probably the students association i guess oh, okay so but it uh mckeegan because he does some comic cons in ottawa like right. the panel they got him to be the panel guy and it's like god damn it it's like it's like <laughs> eric johnson is already in with hamilton and niagara falls comic cons yeah so he does all the wrestlers that come through and uh Oh boy, killer bees in Hamilton. Yeah. <laughs> I only want to meet the killer bees because McHenry and I, my roommate and for guest of the first show, Jeff McHenry. Yeah, I love Jeff. We, we were watching, we watched Saturday Night's main event. Like he, one of the reasons why I took him in to move with me because I need a roommate, but I ended up down to three people. And the deal maker with Jeff was he has the network. So <laughs> I don't no longer have to stream illegally and feel guilty. Yeah. You know, I can just be like, Jeff, bring your TV out in the living room, please. You know, <laughs> or I'm shutting down the internet, you know. And uh, and we watch it on the network and we watch everything on the network. It's fantastic. And, um, but uh, where am I going with this story? Oh, Jeff, what uh, what the hell? Why am I talking about Jeff? There was a story going he had, there. Uh, he was the one you picked for your roommate because he had the network. Yeah, but he well, there was, was the first, first guest. He was the first guest. I was right. But I was about to tell a story about him, and I can't remember what, <laughs> what the fuck is going on. Oh, boy. I forget, too, where we were. Oh, my God. We're both fucking old potheads. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we're old potheads. It was like last night, in between acts, I was hosting last night. <laughs> and you're like, do you want to go outside for a second? I'm like, yeah, and I go outside for a second. I come in, and I can't remember the fucking headliner's name, and we've been yeah. living with him for three days. Yeah. That bubble cushion is heavy, man. Oh, but even worse, uh, I introduced Dave McFarland as Dave McFarland Derek. and he's Derek McFarland <laughs> and I didn't know and they, they told me like at midnight they're like they're like you know you call Derek Dave and I was like well fuck why doesn't he say something you know <laughs> Dave McFarland he's so big and he doesn't even say it. it's Derek I'm like now I feel like an idiot so tonight I gotta call him Dave again because <laughs> he hasn't said anything yeah. so keep calling him Dave keep calling him Dave fuck him no uh, and, we're, and this is what I'm telling this is what happens on stage sometimes I'll forget where I am in a joke so I'll just keep talking and doing jokes until I remember <laughs> yeah. Yeah. and then and we'll get back, back to the story yeah. I do that too but uh, <laughs> Jesus, where were we? I was just like, oh my God. But McHenry, and uh, what was I saying? You're talking about McHenry because we were talking about McKeegan first. Oh, McKeegan. Killer okay. Bees. Killer Bees. Oh, thank you. No problem. We're back. We're, we're back. Boom. <laughs> oh my God. If you're we're li- back. If you're listening at home, <laughs> thanks for staying with us. <laughs> so we're watching the main events in, in, our, in, in the living room, and we're watching this uh, main event where Hogan and the Junkyard Dog are taking on the Funks. But Terry Funk has, for some reason, he has the Killer Bees boots on. Like he has his <laughs> boots. He's wearing red, 
and his boots are are, are yellow and black. Really? And uh, there's no logic behind it. I never noticed as a child, but when I watched it as an adult, I'm like, why the fuck is he wearing the Killer Bees boots? Yeah, something. Happened. And so something he must have forgot his boots. Yeah. And then he's like, hey, be Brian. <laughs> give Brunzel. me your Brunzel. <laughs> yeah. Jimmy, give me your fucking boots. Yeah. Uh, I, 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 shut the fuck up, geek. <laughs> or you're gonna go back to the AWA with Greg uh, Greg Ganya. Hair little puke. Yeah, yeah high flyer. <laughs> <laughs> you know that like um it's so funny because once uh apparently like b brian blair was one of hogan's buddies is that right? so that's why the killer bees got respect and everything like that they never got the tag belts they were promised but um but apparently after b brian Brazel, uh i mean after b brian blair left um Vince never liked Jim Brunzel, so he just jobbed the shit out of him <laughs> in tag matches. Like next thing you know, you went from being the Killer Bees to all of a sudden, well, fuck, he's tagging up with Lanny Poffo. Right like, now, there's someone, and he yeah. put Brutus and Lanny together. Yeah, <laughs> that'd be all right, actually. You know, it was I'd like bring up Lanny Poffo. I'd go and see Lanny Poffo. I'd go to see Lanny Poffo too because like Savage's brother. Like, I'm thoroughly entertained by his. Uh, well, not only like I'm not going to do it because I've done it on enough episodes, but you I love no, I love doing Lanny Poffo poems. Yeah. I, That's I awesome. just I just think he's ridiculous and and uh, I've seen him live. I saw him live in Syracuse. I almost caught one of his frisbees. This, <laughs> have you ever seen anybody throw one back? No, it's not Fenway. It's not like <laughs> oh, no the ball goes in the air for you. Like no. <laughs> Give me a poem about the killer bees, not about junkyard dog. Um, just, but I love that. I love that he had his own merch. Sometimes yeah. I thought about doing that in stand-up, getting frisbees, maybe put a joke on it, and throw the frisbees out at the start of the fucking show. That's really cool, man. <laughs> Seriously. I might do it at a wrestling thing if I bring five frisbees and bring like a story and put the story on it and just throw it out as a gag. That'd be funny, man. Uh, write a couple poems. Write a couple poems of my own. Yeah. Just, just flat out steal Lanny Poffo's <laughs> gimmick. Yeah. <laughs> Start telling everybody that my brother's the macho man. <laughs> yeah, just tell her. We'll just bill you as Lanny Poffo. <laughs> see how much money we can make. People are like, God, Lanny. <laughs> You've let yourself go. <laughs> really let yourself go. <laughs> well, I didn't know it really needs to be in there. Um, <laughs> Were you not like 6'5 back yeah. in the day? Like, yeah, I've had some. Can you still do a backflip? No, no, no. <laughs> I've had some spinal compression. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> that's ridiculous. So you're bringing in Rick Steamboat. That he's yeah. coming to Kingston December 2nd. Ottawa. For, 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 uh, I was going to say Chinlock Wrestling. Yep. I'm done, uh, Chinook. Couple, <laughs> no, you're gone. A couple episodes ago with Jan, I kept calling it Chinook. And, uh, it looked like he was going to cross the table and hit me with a Chinook. <laughs> I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to start calling it Chinook. Just Chinook Wrestling. Yeah. It'd be funny if you actually took the Chinlock logo and you actually had one made up that said Chinook to find a mistake. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> or if you can get Let's the chin, actually that might be a big a gag. If you can get me, oh, Chan's gonna hear this. But if he doesn't hear it, if you can get <laughs> me, the chin, if episode. you can get me the chin, yeah, he knows it all. If you can get me the chin lock logo, send it to me where I can get my guys to, make to change it to say <laughs> Chinook <laughs> Chinook Wrestling, and I show up with that logo. Done. I was like, I'll be such a heel. <laughs> yeah, that would be so awesome. You're coming here for the. Oh, I can't. Yeah, yeah. I said, well. I know, um, I know, uh, McHenry, uh, he, I'm, I'm trying to bring him and, uh, probably grab K Trev as well. And maybe even Ryan McLenham. And, uh, yeah. Cause I definitely want to come out, go see it. For uh, the Kingston show? Yeah. For the Kingston show. Yeah. Okay. Well listen, cause we're picking up steamboat flies into Toronto mm -hmm. 
Um, and then we're picking him up and driving him to Ottawa. And you want me to ask Howard? I'm hosting that show in that Ottawa for Yucks. You want me to ask Howard if we pick you up too? You want to do an opener? Yeah, yeah. For yeah. Steamboat, and then we'll then we'll bring you back to Kingston. Yeah. For the night. I won't book anything that weekend, so yeah, I'll keep it do. open. That's gonna, uh, first weekend gonna, December, right? Yeah, because yeah. Howard, the show is actually at 7 p.m. at Yuck Yucks. The meet and greet is uh, previous. Yeah. So like at 4:45 or 5, because he has a 9:30 that he has to keep. That's fine. And then we're gonna drive back to Kingston. We'll be drive. We'll be back in kingston by 11 30 and we're gonna put steamboat up in his hotel for two nights yeah and then uh, we'll, i'm then probably the gonna crash. Sunday we drive what, you back what, what is that that's a friday and come back here that's a saturday we'd pick we'd pick steamboat up uh 11 a.m friday at pearson yeah we'll pick you up at 10 30 in the morning first go to pearson sure you me jan and steamboat will make the trip from toronto to ottawa you and i open like yeah. I'll, I'll host or you host cool. i'll open or vice versa i don't give a shit yeah and then we'll drive back to kingston hang out do the kingston show and then we'll drive you back up to toronto on uh, like Jan would drive you back up to Toronto on the Sunday yeah. for my daughter's birthday and then you take it from there so you do okay. the whole weekend with us yeah that'd be fantastic but that'd be really fun and then we'll see if Ricky will do your podcast oh definitely I hope so if well you know, Jan think- told me he's like even before Steamboat was announced he said he's like if you come up to the show in December uh, he goes I'll get you I'll get you an interview with a legend <laughs> awesome and uh, I didn't know who but the minute I saw Steamboat because like dude I used to have Hulk Hogan and Ricky Steamboat soap. Yeah. Now that's this is where it gets weird. But Remember I, the ice cream bars too. Yes, but I've never, I never used the soap because <laughs> why would you? Because then you don't. I have this great thing, and then I use it, and then I don't have anything. Why would I want to do that? So do you actually still have the soaps? I gave them to my buddy Matt McCarthy of the We Watch Wrestling podcast. Okay, as a gift for bringing me on because a lot of my wrist listen a lot of my a lot of my wrestlers <laughs> a, a lot of my listeners uh i bring uh, you weed and dink pills <laughs> you, you bring him soap i'm just joking <laughs> i bring him soap dirty mouth <laughs> yeah yeah but so so uh what i what i yeah um <laughs> so they yeah so basically i have these soap bars that i was given from when i was a kid and uh, I gave them to them and because I thought it would be cool because it also on the back it has the French. So it's it's truly Canadian. Yeah. And uh, so I gave them the soap. But but I started thinking more about it today and more about meeting Ricky Steamboat. And i be like, well, thank God I never used that soap because I, what would I say? I'm like, you know, I spent many showers <laughs> with Ricky Steamboat <laughs> yeah. soaping my balls yeah. with the dragon. <laughs> yeah. You know, I'm like, why, why would you want to rub Hulkamania all over your ass? Yeah. You know, like. It's, you got to tell him that in the back seat on the way on yeah. the drive. I was like, I, was like, like, I used to you, shower with you. Did, did, <laughs> get really creepy with them. <laughs> but then I want to say it leads to this question did you ever okay your merchandise or like, or like we got Ricky Steamboat soap oh yeah yeah because he's thinking about girls and yeah. you know dragons going in the caves you know or whatever but like but no no you got an eight year old chubby kid with fucking Ricky Steamboat all over don't forget to clean your penis okay mom you know but I never use the soap so my body has never touched Steamboat's that's so cool. I don't remember the soap. I remember the ice cream bars and I was fucking... I also 
where I wash my body with ice cream bars. <laughs> Fair That's enough. just part of it. You, try, you can't eat it fast enough. It's just all over you. Yeah. You're like, you know, can you lick my chest, please? Yeah, yeah. I've, got, I've got George the Animal Steel drizzled all over it. Yeah, for sure. Oh, George the Animal. There's another gem. But that's going to be great. I think Steamboat's going to be great. I know uh, my buddies met him at a meet and greet. They did. They had Ric Flair and Steamboat together in a hotel lobby and you basically go down get your picture with them wow you know here's these because it's it's also good like not only is it cool to bring in a tag team but if you can get a major rivalry of someone that oh, everybody remembers for sure but like how i can't remember any of the true big rivalries with brutus beefcake like yeah. uh, like well, there's, who'd, the, there's the barber match like the haircut match who was, who was he yeah he always had barber matches but who was he like who did he feud with that was obviously the honky tonk man maybe that would be good have you, yeah. have you oh you already had the honky tonk no, man I didn't, didn't you I won't, I somebody pr- I Howard promised, brought him in yes Howard brought him in I promised Jake the Snake Roberts I would never work him Howard. rightfully so I know that you don't even have to explain it any yeah, longer I won't he used a, he used he used a real guitar and he hit him improperly. Oh, no, and no, not is that, that. because of it? No, no, not that. Um, so when Jake was at his lowest yeah. and he was trying to kill himself, he's like, um, you know, seven grams of crack a day and like the better part of a four, 40 pounder a day and, and beers. Um, when Diamond Dallas Page kind of saved Jake and like woke him up from his... Uh, drug-induced um, suicidal tendencies or whatever. Um, and so then they're like, okay, let's get Jake the Snake because these guys actually own their names. Um, so Jake Jake the Snake goes to his lawyer to get his uh, name, like to, to get all the rights to his name and stuff. And they're like, oh, well, there's already a, a motion to have your name. Like the, somebody already basically owns your name and Honky okay. Tonk bought Jake's name. Like took it from him, and like they hate each other, right? Yeah. And then uh, so like there's a big legal thing and stuff, and then Jake's like, that's just the kind of guy he is. He's a snake, and he's like, just don't work him. He's like, and Jake and I, you know, we've gone through a lot together. <laughs> you have no idea. Um, and we did a lot of shows together. So I said, so Howard offered me. Howard's like, will you take Honky? Because um, he's like, I've got him for two shows. Will you take him on a run? I said, no. I said, because look, it's like, because you're a friend of mine too. And if you told me that there was a comic in Las Vegas or something or somewhere like that, and you're just like, look, this guy fucked me and he's, he's not a great person. And, uh, you know, and and I said, okay, I promise you. I I said, I don't care if the fucking, if I can make $20,000 off the guy, I said, I won't work with. Yeah. It's because Jake's been very good to my family. Ridiculously good. He's gone and picked my daughter up from school several times. He's come over to my friend's house. People that have gone through tragedies comes through. So, um, and I could tell it really irked Jake and that's pretty shit thing for someone to do and yeah. it, i think it cost him a lot of money get to, to get the name back so i won't work honky tonk no it's nothing really against him but jake's my friend and i think it's a shitty thing to do so i mean it was I, funny brett was like uh somebody brett was right after honky tonk was in ottawa and the last question somebody asked about you know asked a question about honky tonk man he's like you know like uh was he what was he like do you have any great honky tonk man stories and brett was like ah you know well, Honky Tonk Man was a good performer, but wasn't wasn't a good wrestler at all. Yeah. You know, I'm pretty sure my ex-wife could 
beat up more guys, beat up more guys than the honky tonk man has ever <laughs> yeah. in his life. Yeah. yeah. Like, For sure. You know, and it's just like, it's just so funny. He's like, yeah, it was, you know, you work with the honky tonk man. You knew you were easy, in an easy night because you, you, he's just going to hit you with a whole bunch of feathers. <laughs> Is that right? Yeah. Yeah. He said he, didn't, he never hit hard. He was never a good wrestler. Really? You know, he wasn't snug. Um, we haven't even touched on uh, Hacksaw. Jim Duggan. Yeah, yeah. Hacksaw. And how was how was Hacksaw? Right. Like, what was he like to He's work with? He's a sweetheart, man. Did he ever did he ever bring up touring like anything about the CFL? He played for the Argos. Uh, no, no, because he like he was a, a very good athlete. He was um, uh, the number one like in high school. He's from um, Glen Falls, New York. Glen Falls, yeah. And his dad was the police chief there for a number. Oh, yeah. So uh, um, like Hacksaw had the, he had his lazy eye. Yeah. Um, and so through high school, like if he didn't wear these big Coke bottle glasses and stuff, then like his eye would really kind of drift off, and people would make fun of him. Yeah. Um, so he'd do this thing too. Jake would say he'd pick up a chair. And just at first, he'd, he'd knock that shit out of people, right? Like, Hacksaw's a tough, tough guy in real life. Real tough. Really tough. Yeah. Top five WWF tough, for real, um, from back in those days. And Hacksaw would pick up a chair, and so the metal legs would stick out like like antlers and just run at people like a moose. <laughs> um, so he, he started getting in, tr- his, in trouble, and his dad was like the police chief for yeah. years. And he said, like, Jim you know like you're either you're gonna go to the army or you gotta stop I'm, I'm not getting any more calls from you beating up kids but he was the number one um i believe it was either in all of new york or maybe all of america lineman in high school football he's also a fantastic wrestler phenomenal wrestler so athlete wise like jake's <laughs> jake's got a great story about jim jim likes to fight too like he just he was just he's just big when you like they're all big but when you see yeah. Jim you're like Jesus Christ because he'll be like help me up brother like because he can't really jump up from the couch anymore yeah. when you pull him up you're like my God like everything on him even his face is big um, when you like when you smoke a joint with Jim Duggan and, and, and he pulls it up to his mouth and starts sucking it in then I'm not exaggerating like three quarters of the joint just goes just wilts away that he passes it back cough and you're like uh, thanks Jim just throw it out the window right? like okay note to self roll Jim his own um but yeah there's a great story so jake and jim are at a bar um in uh like mississippi or missouri i can't remember which one it is known known rough bar and jim wants to go in there and uh, there's this big guy they're standing at the bar and this big guy walks up um and orders a a drink and jim uh, jake's like he's a big guy like a great big friggin bodybuilder type guy and all jim said jim had a couple drinks and (laughs) all jim said was oh geez like i wouldn't want to be in a tussle with you or something like along those lines like i wouldn't want to get you pissed off or something and buddy starts Lipping him like what you got a fucking problem like I know who you are you're one of those fake wrestlers because in the 80s especially in the 80s there was a lot of like Marines a lot of like yeah. tough guys that were like oh these guys are phony so when the wrestlers would walk in and their wives and stuff and the girls that they were with at the table are like oh my god that's so and so from TV they're like that's fucking bullshit because remember in the 80s yeah they didn't really come out and say it's entertainment yeah. I mean it was but there was still a lot of people that would argue it was real um, so they'd be like I'll fight him so those guys were fighting a lot and there was well that was the whole thing too is like um in stampede days i've read in the stampede books they said if you go into a bar and you get in a fight and you're the world champion yeah you better fucking win absolutely you better fucking so that's why that's why rick flair rolled with the horseman 
Yeah. He rolled with the crew. Those weren't those weren't only his drinking buddies. No. You didn't sure. want to fuck with Iron and Ole Anderson. Oh, absolutely. You Arne know. Oh, yeah. You don't want to like, fuck with they're those. They're built like Hacksaw. Arne, yeah. You know. Um, so this guy, so but Hacksaw has his big glasses on, his big thick glasses on, and Buddy just fucking boom lays into him, smashes Jim's glasses, cuts his fucking nose open. Jim goes back, but he cracks him again, bang, bang. And Jake said him and Jim always had a thing um, where if if they needed each other, he'd be like, okay, you know, help. But if not, then they just let the fight go out. And so Jake's like, Jim's just pouring blood from the bridge of his nose and Jim's down on his knees and Buddy's kicking him and kneeing him and stuff. And then Jim uh, and Jake's saying, Jim, uh, Jim, Jim, are you okay? Jim, you okay? And, and Jim just kept saying to him, not yet, not yet, not yet. And Jim, Jim couldn't see. So before he got his eye corrected, without those big Coke bottle glasses, he had a hell of a fucking time seeing, for yeah. real. He couldn't really get things straight, right? Like that that lazy eye is not something he did for photos. Like it, it was yeah. actually, his vision was fucked. He's since had it corrected. So this guy, Jim's trying to grab onto the guy to figure out, and Jim's kind of throwing wild punches from his knees, but he's just kneeing him, punching him in the fucking yeah. side of the head. Jim grabs a hold of the guy's collar, and when he grabs a hold of the guy's collar and starts pulling him down, Buddy latches onto his hand, to Jim's hand, and starts biting him up near the yeah. thumb. By the webbing of the thumb and the index finger, Buddy starts biting him. Well, as soon as he starts biting him, Jim goes, I got you now, because he knew where Buddy's face was, and just smashed the fuck out of this guy. <laughs> Jake's like from his knee, just because he knew where his face was, just crack and crack Buddy, and then just like pulled Buddy down while he's getting up and just start feeding him the uppercuts. Just dumb him like blood all over the fucking guy's face and Hacksaw's covered in blood and they're screaming but Jake's like it's the funniest thing because he, he he couldn't see yeah. but then until Buddy put his mouth on Jim's hand and then he's like I got you now he re -re zoned in and just beat the piss out tough of him. guy yeah but oh. Jake said like yeah besides uh, Haku um um, there was a couple other really tough guys. Rick Rude was supposedly f vicious, tough. Um, Haku, like nobody fuck with Haku, but he's like Duggan, one hundred percent is in the top three, maybe top five of like in the locker room. Nobody want when Jim would go off, everyone's like, oh fuck, like they'd walk away, right? It's crazy. Nobody wanted to fuck with Duggan. <laughs> tell, um, will you tell the story? Will you share the story that you do in your show about the the car? But when you had, didn't you have Hacksaw Jim Duggan in your car one time? Oh yeah. Yeah. Lots of times. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, Jim's a, he and Jake are huge jokesters. They're big pranksters. Um, like that's why I said with Jake is so exhausting because he's constantly ribbing you, constantly playing a prank on you. Right. Yeah. Um, but <laughs> Jim, yeah. Jim would sit in the backseat of my car and every freaking time I put the car in reverse every time. This is not like he just did it once and we all laughed. He did it in my car like 12 <laughs> fucking times for real. So if we're, we'd stop at a Starbucks or stop for lunch or something, and then I'd put the car in reverse to start pulling out, and Jim would take his huge hand and smack the inside of the car door, like, and it would make this, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. it was a, it, he's so big, too, the car would rock, and when he'd hit the door, he'd go, oh, you just hit a kid, fuck, you just hit a fucking kid, you know, and the first time, like, my heart would skip, right, and I'd spin around, like, and, I'd be like, and then they'd start laughing, oh, fuck, and so the first few times he did it, I would fall for it, not even fall for it, it just scares you, oh, right, yeah. when you're backing up. Like, how many times have they done that gag on the road oh. to other wrestlers, oh, to the newbies? Like Their gags a, are just awful. They, they were pissed <laughs> off at the British Bulldog 
dogs the one night. The British Bulldogs were being fucking idiots, um, like they could be, like yeah. according to Jake. So Jake and Jim uh, put because they had um, Matilda, <laughs> the bulldog, locked in their hotel room, and Jake and Jim fed Matilda X lax bars under the crack of the door. Like just went <laughs> down and bought like thirty dollars worth of X lax, and the fucking poor dog just shit. chewed up all those. There was shit on the ceiling. Jake said, like there, the whole, the entire fucking hotel room was covered in diarrhea because dogs can't have chocolate either right no. which is a horrible thing to do to it no it is and don't hey if you're gonna get at the british bulldogs don't do that no no mr fuji cooked a dog yeah. <laughs> but that's, that's right. that was one of the things i told jake i said you got to be careful with the animal cruelty stuff like oh, I know yeah. it was the 80s and you guys were rip making ribbing jokes but sometimes people like i'm a huge dog lover right and that's a pretty shitty thing to, because the dog is you know but anyway it's it, it is it's, funny uh, it is way. touchy <laughs> like i was doing these shows called ways the roof yeah uh they were for uh our buddy of our James Uloth was uh, doing this. They're either tour. for dogs or for Elmer uh, Fudd. Well, they were yeah. for dogs. <laughs> yeah. And I'm doing my turtle crossing jokes where I say, like, if a turtle's on the road, fuck, run it over. Yeah. Like, what's the worst that's going to happen? You know, you, you turtle guts go on the windshield behind you, and now you have to pull over and help wiggle off the chocolate caramel and taste little pecans. <laughs> and it's clearly a joke, but uh, he's like, can you not do, like, this is an animal fundraiser. Like, yeah. not just for dogs. Like, we can't have you killing turtles. I'm like, but it's clean. It's it clean is, jokes. Yeah. <laughs> like, no, and it's... So, I think but yeah, they, but he was right. I didn't even think about it. But when they hear that, though, when you say that the chocolate and pecan and stuff, ever, I think that snaps people out of the end. That, okay, yeah, he's box turtles. That's where we're going with yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, but what are you going to do? Um, yeah, Hacksaw, that is crazy. That Those are great Hacksaw's uh, a, a stories. Boat, though. You, were, you were asking uh, an absolute, just a, just a gem of a man. Hey, brother, uh, you know, happy guy, happy-go-lucky, great with the fans, very loud. I never cheered him, though, because a lot of times you come when I go to house shows, when I was a kid in Ottawa he would be matched up against Dino Bravo and and so he would start going USA USA and the, the humanoids would channel on USA in the <laughs> yeah. capital of Canada yeah and but then I'm cheering for Dino Bravo because they're just across the river for sure and uh you know and and I'm cheering for D and I remember people used to give us trouble like why are you cheering for Dino Bravo I'm like because he's fucking Canadian yeah and like he ain't a Frenchie ain't me you know the yeah. stupid Canadians whatever and uh it was always funny but uh one story about Hacksaw Jim Doug and I heard and I've said this on the other podcast was my buddy Jim he used to work at the Villa Deli used to be right across from the where the where the Ottawa uh, used to wrestle at the Ottawa Civic Center on on uh, Bank Street and uh, he used to be a waiter and the Hacksaw Jim Duggan before the match was there drinking <laughs> and uh, he had 18 double vodka so double vodka 18 double screwdrivers Jeez. Before, and then he went and wrestled uh, the Iron Sheik across the street that night and I was like I, I, I was there for the match I remember the match it was fine but it made oh, yeah. blow he was like yeah yeah he drank 18 and like and not like over a span of a couple hours like he pounded back. back oh yeah 18 double I don't doubt that man and I was like Wow. And then he goes and lifts humans and throws them down safely. <laughs> <Yeah>. Like, <laughs> yeah. You know, a lot of times on a machinery, you say, I do not operate under. <laughs> yeah. And yeah. you think that would be uh, slapped on their trunks. <laughs> yeah. When absolutely. you wrestle Duggan, like, hey, 18 fucking drinks in, like, settle down, Andre. <laughs> absolutely. Let's not wrestle. Yeah. Then there was, oh, there was that 
one Jake the Snake match that was really bad where he was really messed up. I don't know if you ever saw the Legends of Wrestling. It was, he was supposed to wrestle Jim the Anvil in the main event. Okay. Or maybe he was supposed to wrestle Bundy. One or the other. But it, 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 it turned into a squash match because Jake was so drunk. And at one part, I was I thought this was so funny back then. And I'm still laughing now because I'm immature. <laughs> but he was taking the snake and he's like holding it like it's his dick. <laughs> And he's, and he's like like tapping it like you know he's just finished <laughs> what an jizzing. ass man. and he's doing and it was like and it's so inappropriate and then they just sent Bundy and Anvil to go, like Jake can't go we let's just fucking end this <laughs> yeah. and he was just a mess but oh, it was man. like the last match of the pay-per-view which was actually pretty good because all these legends that weren't in the WWE like the head shrinkers were there but they couldn't be called the head shrinkers they had to be called the Samoan SWAT team which is right. what I'd rather call them anyways and the Bushwhackers had to be the Sheepdogs which is what I liked them as anyway. Right, right. So, you know, he got good matches. And uh, the last was supposed to be Jake versus Bundy. And then, sure enough, Anvil had to come in with a save. And like, they were just, <laughs> you know, Anvil's like, I'm trying to smoke crack in the back. You know, I don't know. He would never say that anymore, you know, obviously. And I shouldn't have said that. That's horrible. I Why? I don't know. I don't know. That's yeah. part of it. I mean, but sometimes I make jokes and I feel bad. And It's uh, not jokes, though. But, like, I mean, Christ. You know, I mean, I don't know how many rails I've snorted off a fucking baby <laughs> change table in a shitty bathroom. Is that shitty? Yeah, but yeah. I used to do it but yeah. i don't do it anymore no no same, obviously like, same with like jake you know like that's what he and i would talk about and jake's still fucked like jake's sober like i, I went to his hotel room at like one o'clock in the morning he asked for something i went and got got it he just opens up the sliding door because he had his girlfriend in there and just yeah. completely fucking naked like no even tower <laughs> and i was like thanks brother i said really snake like real snake really? you call him snake yeah, yeah he's all naked. the time yeah like, you're 60 years old you can't put a fucking robe on you're like you're like, should, you're like you want me to call you jake the snail like is that what you want like seriously put on some pants yeah oh well this is pretty much it yeah we've, we've done it we've made it to another end of another show awesome brother uh, so, i really appreciate you having me on casey oh, and i really dude. love what you're doing I oh, really thank do. you thank you I, I you know i i absolutely love doing the show uh, i think i like i love performing stand-up absolutely but, but you know i don't have to um write jokes for this i don't have to i well i prepare yeah you know i know i know who my guests are i know what they've done and i know what i'm going to talk about going in is what i want to you know it's very uh, uh if i may say it's very i feel very comfortable and very laid back and it's very enjoyable being here I'll well that's, that's probably due to the weed that you brought <laughs> no <laughs> oh, no you didn't, you didn't i've even. done many podcasts yeah. where i kind of like uh, you know but this is just it's been well, it's, just, away. it's, it's been well, a lot of fun in the end um, I just want this podcast to be two wrestling fans having a conversation about For wrestling. Sure. Absolutely. Because that's uh, what uh, all the listeners love. And, well, that's uh, what everyone we bring in now, we'll get, uh, we'll get them on your podcast because that would be great. Oh, yeah. Like when, I, when, you know, like when I go to, you know, it, like I was already thinking like by December, the show should be doing fairly well. And, you know, it'd be great. Like, you know, like whenever I'm introduced for stand up, it's like, you know, here's uh, from the Comedy Network and Just for Laughs and CBC, you know, Casey Corbin. But, you know, yeah. like, it's going to be nice when I can go to a show and be like, hey, ladies and gentlemen, it's the host of Talking Wrestling. Yeah, man. You know, yeah. Casey Corbin. And yeah. if people like respond, uh, that'll be. Uh, uh, a very happy moment for me for sure i'm gonna try really hard to bring in brutus and bundy before steamboat yeah yep I'm oh gonna, fantastic like brutus or bundy before steamboat i'm gonna get one of the one of the other for sure well, keep me keep i got keep bundy's uh cell phone so i'm gonna actually when we hang up i'll try and call him again try and contact him again i've already sent him a text 
Um, so I, I want Bundy. I think Bundy will do well. People, you've heard it. Ryan Denis, he wants Bundy. <laughs> I want Bundy. Yeah. I want Bundy. In a cage, it'd be great. You want, please tell me you want King Kong Bundy and not Ted Bundy. Because <laughs> yeah, one, one guy is not real. One guy <laughs> yeah, is. For sure. Um, uh, so, that, oh, that is, so the people, you've heard it here. He's got Ricky Stevo coming in December. He's got, uh, he'll be with Ted DiBiase in Detroit. And, uh, and he is going to be uh, getting a hold of King Kong Bundy. And I myself, and where can we find you online? If they want to find you, the fans want to look you up. Uh, www.kingstoncomedian.com or just hit me up on my Facebook page, Ryan Diddy. I'm very active on Facebook. I don't like Twitter. Awesome. Awesome. Uh, folks, Casey Corbin at uh, Twitter at Casey Corbin and Instagram is uh, comedian Casey Corbin. Casey Corbin on Facebook. Like I said, I'm wrestling's only authentic Casey Corbin. Suck it, Baron Corbin, <laughs> you piece of shit. Thank you very much for joining us and talking wrestling. You guys, hope you enjoyed this episode. Uh, see you later. We're out of here. Never Sleeps Network. This has been a Never Sleeps Network production, executive produced by Alex Ross. For more information and content, visit NeverSleepsNetwork.com. 